Welcome to On Podcast, the On Microsoft Podcast, where we talk about Microsoft stuff on a podcast. I am your host today, Cream Anderson, and I'm joined by the world's greatest co-host, Arif Vakas. And we got a special guest, uh, and we've been teasing him all week. Uh, you guys know him on YouTube as Crazy Ken. You want to give That's us, few, you want to give people a little intro about yourself and kind of roll into this podcast? Yeah, my name is Ken, or as people like to call me, Crazy <laughs> Ken. <laughs> and uh, I run the Computer Clan. It is one of the longest-running tech YouTube channels in history. It is actually coming up on its 15th anniversary in September, so I'm super excited about that. And the three big legs to the stool, if you will, are Rare and Retro Tech, New Tech, and probably the fan favorite, Scam Tech. So I do episodes on those three major topics and try to blend them very harmoniously. And I also do a bit of a mix of, like, really nice quality produced videos and also like really nice quality off the cuff videos so i do like some scripted and some unscripted stuff and mix them together and it's a lot of fun so yeah that's a quick overview of computer clan so yeah. now that you told us about computer clan how did you actually get into computer clan and being a youtuber it's something that we always ask youtubers when we have them on the podcast so how yeah. did you get this grand idea of becoming a youtuber when i was a young lad i <laughs> i would borrow my father's video camera and i would just make these dumb movies with my friends now this was all analog cassettes didn't have any editing systems or anything so we shot everything linearly we we couldn't cut or do really anything so we just kind of put on little skits and shot them all in one take but then my family bought an iMac. It was a 2006, you know, those white all-in-one computers with the iMovie on them. So when I opened up iMovie, I was like, whoa, this is cool. And like the iSight camera turned on and it filmed me and it put me in the computer, not like Tron or anything, but like it took my video and put it in the iMovie timeline. And I kind of self-taught myself how to edit video. And then I got a with the help of my parents, you know, I'm young, I don't have a lot of, you know, budget, a little Sony Handycam, you know, with like 20x optical zoom and Firewire, so I can go out and film things and then import them into the computer. And Firewire let you do that. It was so easy. You didn't need capture cards or anything. So a young, inexperienced person like me could use a Mac and easily make movies. So then I started making movies with actual editing and titles and everything. And then I thought, wait a minute, no one's watching these. <laughs> I got I to gotta put them somewhere where people watch them. And this was 2007. YouTube was a baby. It was very, very young. Things were very different. I might shock some people with this. Back in my day, the YouTube descriptions were on the side. You didn't yeah. say exactly, down below. Yeah. You went to the side. There were no likes. It was stars. There was a 10-minute upload limit. It was great. <laughs> uh, so, so then I started uploading videos to YouTube because I was like, well, I want to get people watching these things, and I want to see what people think. And it was just like random skits that I did with my friends and stuff. But then as I started getting more into computers and watching other YouTube videos of people doing things with computers, I was like, okay, I want to do my own things with computers. And then I started making very crappy low budget videos of that stuff, but they started getting hundreds of views and then a couple thousand here and there. And it just kept going as a hobby and now it's a business. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, I think I want to kind of piggyback on, on that uh, specifically because, and, you know, I know a lot of YouTubers, uh, keep track of their viewership and their audience, uh, you know, per day, per video, things like that. And I'm just doing like a curse review. Like I've seen uh, a handful of the videos or whatnot. Uh, and I just see that some of them, obviously you're, you know, raking in hundreds of thousands of views. Uh, you have some stuff that what you're usually on your, 
fake or scam portion of the site that have about 300 to 600,000 views. Is there a particular video that has helped shape the direction of your channel based on, you know, the popularity of it? You know, I know some people start off in one direction. They, mm -hmm. you know, hit a hit a stride going another another direction with, you know, because, you know, they find out their audience loves this. Was there was there that moment for you? Yeah, the scam busting stuff was a huge boost to the channel because when I made that first episode, just on a whim, it's still the most viewed episode of the Scambuster series, and it is the most, it is the third most viewed video on the whole freaking channel. So I started leveraging that, but like I didn't want to just do some like stupid dramatic like clickbaity like, hey, these guys are a scam. I try to still <laughs> use good production value to make it a, like a quality episode, but also teach people how technology works. If I'm showing a scam and showing people, hey, this is fake. I still like to show people with like nice illustrations and animations and everything how the tech actually works so you can learn and identify what the fake stuff is. So I'd say the scam busting stuff was a big thing. Another big thing that happened probably a little earlier, maybe around the same time was I started networking more in the Apple internal and Apple prototype community. So I was getting my hands on some like really rare hardware and software that the public normally doesn't see. And I've started doing episodes about rare and retro things more, especially prototypes and things like the next cube. You know, who who has a next cube line on their desk? Like that's a pretty <laughs> that's a pretty special computer that most people didn't see. If you Google next cube, you see my face in like the Google info panel. Like that's how many views that video has. So I would say a combination of like the rare and prototype stuff and the scam busting tech stuff are the things that really started taking the channel. Uh, in a new direction and making it go much further. Another thing was just behind the scenes, leaving my day job, let me focus on the channel a lot more so it could actually grow how it's supposed to. There you go. So you have like a layer of like all your tech items that you have on the channel. Uh, we oh, see yeah. it behind you in the background and, <laughs> yeah. in a lot of your videos. So what is your favorite tech item right now out of everything that you own? Ooh, I would say it's kind of a tie with a few things because I have a 20th anniversary Macintosh, which is a very special Mac for those who don't know. Apple made only one version of them, and it has so many unique features that Apple never did again. Uh, but I would also say probably my most favorite is, and you can see it in the background of my latest episodes, is there is an iMac G3 prototype back there. So it's a pre-release, not a pre-release, it's a internal prototype version of the first iMac Apple ever made. There's a lot of very unique prototype features about it. And it's the only one I've ever seen in existence anywhere. I've visited other people's prototype collections and they have cool stuff, but I've never seen anybody else have what this uh, particular iMac is. And I even got a very generous offer from a guy in Germany to buy it off me recently, which- uh, wow. I uh, politely turned him down because I want to keep it, maybe get it working someday. But if I ever truly want to sell it, he'll get dibs. Uh, but yeah, I would say that iMac G3 prototype is my favorite because it looks cool and it's crazy rare. I mean, on that same note, we'll ask you what your least favorite one is. <laughs> my, le <laughs> my least favorite yeah. that I, I mean, I would say pretty much all the scam tech that I have purchased is my least favorite because I still <laughs> I still have all of it. I put it all in a box and I still have every crappy piece of junk I've purchased. Uh, even like, you know, I haven't done an episode about this yet, but I have this like I, 
It's an iPhone. It's like, a fake iPhone. Yeah, it's a, back well, when the I, back when the yeah. rumors thought there were going to be four cameras. Three of these cameras don't even work. It's just a, <laughs> you know, I have some like knockoff stuff I love to mess with. Um, specifically, I don't know if I have a specific piece of tech I hate the most, but yeah, the, the scam stuff is pretty trash. <laughs> okay, cool. I got a I got a question that kind of yeah uh, talks about tech and kind of builds on this. Uh, I'd say, you know, just looking, you know, going through your site or whatnot and some of the videos that you have, uh, I'd say your your site's roughly two-thirds Apple-based when it's not scam stuff. Uh, you do do a lot of window software reviews and things like that. Um, and But you do it through virtualization, I've noticed. Like, I don't know if you own a PC particularly, at least not that you're using videos or service device or anything like that. And we're Windows, we're Windows and Microsoft-based site. So I wanted to at least get your view on Microsoft's virtualization because I know you use it a lot to kind of do your reviews of the software. What do you think about that? And what would you change if you could? I, I did use VMware Fusion to do okay. Windows 11 because at the time, yeah, I don't know if I have any computer that supports the TPM requirements or at least right. any spare computer that supports the TPM requirements. I actually just recently installed Windows 10 on my 2013 MacBook Pro. Straight mm -hmm. up, no virtualization because I need it to run some programs. But no, I mean, it runs fine in a virtual machine. I If I was going to use Windows more, I would have a dedicated PC, but I just don't use it as much anymore. Gotcha. But but for like specific things, like when I did my Half-Life 2 charity stream a while ago, I put Windows on my iMac because like OBS just it's just yeah. written it's just written to work yeah. better on Windows and games and stuff uh especially now that like Apple ditched you know 32 bit support pretty much like no steam games of mine work on macOS but uh um yeah we're just trying to figure out like you know for someone who uses Apple tech for the most part what are your thoughts on like Microsoft tech and, and Windows cuz I like I said I know you did a review of the Surface Duo I just don't know if you've reviewed any other PC related or Microsoft specific things on the site other than the software which is windows yeah if we're talking hardware wise i haven't touched anything probably since the surface duo uh i i, I tend to lean a little more toward like retro stuff and I, I would say like in the old days correct me if i'm wrong microsoft didn't make a lot of hardware uh they made a lot of software <laughs> right. so like yeah. so so like i did a whole retrospective on windows 95 which was really yeah. fun to do i that might was, do that was awesome yeah, I might do something on Internet Explorer because its official retirement date was very recently. The day we're recording this, it was yesterday. Um, I actually did just uh, get a donation of a Surface RT, the first Surface RT. So oh, I, nice. I, I might tinker with that just to kind of show people like, hey, what was the Surface like 10 years ago? Because it was it was a little primitive, but like it was their first one. And like yeah. it was also like the first like arm-based experience for consumers and i have a feeling we're going to see a lot more arm stuff soon from microsoft and this was kind of like how it was 10 years ago so yeah, yeah that'll be a future episode definitely yeah, that's, i'm looking forward to that so your your name is people nickname you crazy ken so what is the craziest piece of tech you ever owned i will say i assumed the nickname of crazy ken actually and then Ooh. it just kind of evolved from there the craziest really? piece of, yeah oh totally <laughs> that was all me. <laughs> <laughs> you got to own it. Yeah. Craziest piece of tech I own. So crazy is a nebulous word. So give me something a little more specific to go off of there. Like crazy in what way? Like wild and out of this world. Like you couldn't believe it when you saw it. Hmm. I guess 
in retrospect, it would have been like a tablet on a refrigerator, like the, yeah, like the Samsung like, fridge yeah. or something like yeah. that. It, does it have to be a piece of tech I own? Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Well, I'm very old school. My fridge is from like 1998. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me think here. Uh, oh, cameras. yep. I got one now. Crazy. I, I would say a lot of the scam buster stuff I look at is really crazy. The claims are ridiculous. Sometimes the products work okay, but the advertising is just totally BS. But sometimes the product just straight up doesn't work at all. And I would say <laughs> one, one of the most ridiculous ones I ever reviewed on the scam buster stuff was the uv len this was a product that claimed it could attach to your phone's flashlight oh, yeah, yeah. and convert the flashlight into a uv ray that's safe for human tissue to disinfect your hands and this was like at the beginning of covid right right so yeah. everyone's yeah. like all health conscious so they're, they're trying to sell this and i'm just like how <laughs> how possible like <laughs> there is no way you could just convert that to that like and even if you could it would be incredibly unsafe so i i was like i have to do an episode about this and it actually ended up being a two-parter because i couldn't get my hands on the product initially so i just had to use science to explain why it's fake uh, but one of my viewers from south korea got his hands on one and mailed it to me so that's why that's i did awesome. a follow-up yeah, I did a follow-up and actually used UVC reactive cards and other items to show, hey, this doesn't work. And if it did, again, it would be kind of unsafe because I used a real UVC tube to prove what a real UVC light does. And mm -hmm. if you have your hand near that thing for too long, like it's it, even just a few minutes, it starts to kind of feel like you have a little bit of sunburn going on. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it doesn't sound safe. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's no, a pretty but, crazy one. But if you take a regular light and, and just put a blue filter on it, <laughs> it's <laughs> I, I can't believe they tried to sell that. Like, and, and they said they had an app to make it blink so it's it's safe. But like the app didn't even exist. Like you, you go to download it and it just brings you to a random strobe light app in the app store. It's, just, <laughs> it's insane the kind of stuff people try to get away with. And I documented, I document all of it on my crazy Ken's tech talk show for people to enjoy and learn from. It's so much fun. So, so I recommend that episode. So, so how do you find this crazy tech? Do you just go to like <laughs> wish, wish.com and you type in iPhone 12 or type in disinfecting and you would just buy whatever you see. So in the old days, anytime I got a YouTube ad for some, I, I, I will admit I use YouTube premium now, so I don't get ads, but back in the days when I didn't use YouTube premium and I got an annoying ad for something, I would just look into the product some more. That's how the whole thing started. I got an ad for that lit mobile solar panel charger for your yep. phone. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, this doesn't seem right, but whatever. But when I got it six more times, I was like, okay, somebody's got to talk about this. <laughs> right? So, <laughs> so that's how that all started. But since I don't get those ads much anymore, most of the time I find these products just because people submit them to me. Mm, so I would say that's 95% of it. And it's it, that doesn't just apply to scam stuff too. It applies to other fun, obscure things like the uh, WoW computer, the computer that was made for senior citizens. That wasn't really a scam product, but it was still something suggested to me to tinker with. And that was fun. Uh, I would say that's maybe like 90% of it. The other 10% is I still sometimes get a really weird Facebook ad for something. And then I turn that into an episode. But yeah, 90% is people just sending stuff my way. <laughs> I get a lot yeah. of these. I'm surprised. I figured it would. I figured it'd be a uh, huge chunk of people just sending you stuff. But I also figured you just scour like Kickstarter's, basically. So, so like, yeah, I, I I used to do that more back in the day. It's just 
the people do it for me now. So I was going to say, there you go. I, I can, I can save the time. I can, right. It's indirectly outsourcing. So now I can get all that time back to work on the episodes. I'm working on one right now. Um, it actually involves a lot of uh, like diagnostic tests, which take probably like 96 hours to run each. Oh, and um, of course it was patch Tuesday recently. Oh yeah. About it. <laughs> Saw your tweet about that. Yep. Yep. The computer rebooted in the middle of a 96 hour test. <laughs> so oh. I had, I had to restart it at the halfway point, but anyway, I'm working on a new episode. It, it should be out this upcoming Thursday. And uh, Ooh, yeah, it's this product is, it, it almost really makes me angry of how much of a ripoff. It is. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. So you heard it here. You heard it here first. He's <laughs> mm-hmm. working on a new episode. Oh that's, yeah, that's not just a new episode. <laughs> a new episode that's going to anger him. So oh know, yeah, it's so look out for that. Because like I said, it's like a spectrum of like some products work okay, but the advertising is just really really false. Right. This is the advertising is really really false, and the product is also a ginormous pile of shiitake mushrooms. So it's bad. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I. I I appreciate this though. This is the kind of stuff that you know. Late at night, my wife is like, "Are you watching YouTube again?" I'm like, "Yeah, but I'm learning <laughs> stuff." So yeah, yep. I, you are my excuse. There you go. See, I, I push the entertainment first. I think that's the main focus, but always gotta make it a learning experience too. Yeah. So what is so what is the most expensive like uh, uh, scam tech item that you purchase? I would say it's probably. The one I'm doing right now, they're usually not very expensive because they want people to buy them. So they purposely use cheap parts and keep them cheap. The one I'm doing right now was like a hundred bucks. And yeah, I don't mind giving a little sneak peek. It claims to be an eight terabyte portable SSD. So anybody who's in the tech space knows $99 ain't going to buy you an eight terabyte <laughs> yeah, SSD. Yeah. So I'm like, hmm, what's what's the what's the trick here? And yeah, you, you'll see in the episode why it's so cheap. But I, I would say like a hundred bucks, yeah, on that was probably the most I ever spent. What about that leather mouse that you recently reviewed? So I would not I would not consider that a scam personally because it was actually a pretty good product. It just yeah. wasn't really my thing. But yes, that was like a two hundred fifty dollar mouse. I uh, it actually used very quality products like or like parts, the optical sensor by itself was like a $60 part. So, and it works on glass, like not even the magic mouse works on glass, but that mouse did. So it's actually quite impressive. I just didn't really like the ergonomics. Now I purchased that mouse knowing the $250 price point would be something that gets people curious about the episode. So that's why I was okay with splurging on it. And I, and I knew the episode would pay for itself. And I know when I buy stuff like that, I can also just sell them later. And I did. Someone bought it. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> n- no no biggie. Yeah, I guess it's a win-win. Yeah, totally. So that brings us to another question. What is one video that you're really proud of, that you put a lot of work in, and that you, you're especially proud of sh- having up on the Computer Clan channel? Yeah, I'll do like a newer one and an older one. So I would say... My recent scam buster about that energy saver device that claims when you plug it into your wall, it saves 50 to 90% off your energy bill. I was really proud of that one because there was a lot of animation that went into it that explains like how electrons flow in a circuit and how like single phase motors and stuff work or generators. Like that was a lot of work. And I turned that around and like, uh, after I had everything filmed, I think I turned all that editing and animating around in like three and a half days. And I was actually Whoa. very surprised Whoa. with myself. <laughs> so that episode I was really excited or really happy about. In terms of like an older example, 
I would say probably my back when I did like simpler, like screen recording kind of stuff, I would say it was like my first Windows 10, like tech preview demo. Cause like when Windows 10 was first announced, they gave out that tech preview and I jumped on that. I was like, Hey, here's what Windows 10 is going to be like. And it's still the most viewed video on my channel. <laughs> but, uh, I, I was really proud of that one back in the day because that's when my channel was really, really small. So, and I think that was the first video I ever made that broke a million views. So that was a good one too. That's impressive. So one more question here. Uh, this is kind of, as you've been going along, I've been thinking to myself, do you do like all of your editing and everything on your own? Or do you like have someone who assists you? Like, you know, MKBHD, he started off like very small, but now he's all full on production. He has production crews and people who helped him with scripting and stuff. So are mm -hmm. you all in house and all by yourself? You're still a large channel with recently. I think you hit cross 300,000. So how do you go about making your videos and, and putting all this stuff together? Yeah, I just recently passed 360,000. And it's all by myself. Wow. It's just all me. Um, now, I, I will give credit to where it's due. I do have awesome people that come over and collaborate and like mm -hmm. maybe bring some stuff over to tinker with. Or like maybe they'll do like a we'll do like a two person episode where I have a guest on the show with me. So I've absolutely have had help and I've had people volunteer to help me research subjects. Like when I do the scam busting stuff, a lot of times it's about topics that I'm not super familiar with. Right. Like when I, when I did the fake air conditioner stuff, I had to learn about refrigeration really, really fast. Yes. <laughs> so people on Twitter helped me with that stuff. And then it, it's kind of a team effort there, but in terms of the filming and the editing, 99.9% .9 of the time, it is all just me. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to say congratulations because you put out a quality product that Thank you. I would have guessed requires a whole production team. And uh, that's what I'm aiming for. So I do appreciate that. I try, you know, I, I try not to make it a competition, but I will humbly say the computer clan's production value specifically yep. for the tech talk episodes is higher than most of what you would see on YouTube, especially for a one man band. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's any uh, question there by any of us here. Thank you. Appreciate it. So what is do you feel? Go okay. ahead, Kareem. Yeah, go ahead. I was Kareem. Say, is there anything you're looking forward to in the world of just tech in general? I mean, and this this could be as nebulous as you want it to be as an answer. Just, you know, are you looking for leaps and bounds in certain, you know, maybe home appliance technology or, or AI or software or anything like that? What is what is something you are personally looking forward to that you may or may not even film? Just something as someone who enjoys tech is looking forward to. One thing that I've been really excited about lately is people realizing that ARM-based chips can actually be used in computers. Because, <laughs> like, there you go, yeah. when, that, there you when, go. when rumors were initially going around about, like, Apple doing that, people were like, no, that's a phone chip. But now we're seeing how serious that is. I recently got an Apple Silicon laptop, and I'm blown away by it. I've yeah. never heard the fan turn on. The thing runs so cool. And there's rumblings this is totally happening microsoft is going to be doing their own arm-based chips in the future and i i want to see that i want to see more than just apple doing their own arm-based chips in their laptops and stuff i want to see what companies like microsoft and stuff do because it's incredible because the yeah. low the low power means less heat no fans longer battery life it's it's going to be really cool to see we were actually talking about that uh off mic uh yep. for myself because oh. we were talking yeah, we were discussing like the ThinkPads that are coming out and Windows, like, you know, I was just saying as far as design, because I like hardware, you know, they have the Surface laptop. I'm like, why aren't they just tossing in that traditional form, clamshell form factor 
an arm chip into that thing and, and help push that out because they have the service pro x and it's it's arm based as well but like you know that form factor is you know it could be polarizing for some but you get yourself a service laptop five or six or whatever and you say hey that thing runs 18 hour battery yes it's windows and arm but you can get 18 hours worth of battery mm. uh no fan uh you know stuff like that that's a selling point for some people yeah so i am with you on that we, we're excited about the future of arm oh yeah love an arm i'll let so you wrap I... up the last question yeah go ahead Eric. So what are your thoughts? I know we you touched on it a bit just now when you talked about ARM and, and Apple and what they're doing with the M1. So what are your thoughts on what Microsoft is doing specifically right now with Windows 11 and with Surface? I actually like really liked Windows 11 when like that leaked build first came out. I hopped on that and released an episode immediately. Uh, I know there's everyone's going to have their complaints, <clears throat> but the things they've been doing like user interface wise and like I'm a very visual guy, so I'm very picky about this stuff, how they're making things a little more consistent and unifying a design language. And, you know, me coming from a Mac background, I love that the icons by default are now centered in the taskbar. I know people probably hate me for that, <laughs> <laughs> but I like the direction it's going and I I'll, I'll I'll be honest. I'm not super crazy up to date on Windows stuff as much as I used to be because right. I used to even when you know, I first switched or switched back to the Mac like in 2007 or so. I still used Windows a lot because I I had Windows as a daily driver for years. So you know I, I still used it to do certain things and do get some game development and stuff like that back in the day. Uh, I just haven't touched it as much lately unless I'm using like some sort of like live stream reference system. Those are all like. PC based. So, uh, yeah, yeah no, I mean, if you want to add to the Windows 11 discussion, like I said, I remember uh, watching a video where you, you were putting it on on your uh, on your Mac and whatnot and kind of going through the design. And I'm agree with you. Like, I like, you know, I didn't think I would like the center taskbar. I, you know, when I when it first rolled out, I was like, oh, move this back to the left where I'm <laughs> comfortable when I know where things are at. And I want to say maybe a week later, I was like, let me try out the center. And it really is relative. Like, as long as it fits the amount of icons you need there and, and everything you can pin there mm -hmm. stays there, I'm all for it. Now, for those people that are like Spider-Man, they're like taskbar on the side or the top <laughs> of their, their desktop, I can understand the complaints of that, but I don't. I like it at the bottom. So I do enjoy that they, they kind of, you know, plagiarize that from, from the Mac. It's really nice. I'm all for any like visual changes in operating systems. That stuff gets me more excited than anything else because, again, just a very visual graphic background. So like even when like Windows 8 first came out, I was like, I was like, I'm not sure if I like this whole start screen thing, but I was like, it's still new. I'm excited about <laughs> it because I, I installed the first developer preview when that came out. And um, like when Windows 10 uh, was like rumors are going around about how they were going to redesign the start menu and stuff like that. I did videos about that. And those like those got a ton of views. I remember my first like Windows 10, like concept based video that got like 800 something thousand views. And this was back when the channel was way smaller. So covering windows related news, just, it did work for me. I don't really do a lot of like news stuff anymore. Unless like, you know, I do like installing new operating systems and stuff still like windows 11. That's always fun. But yeah, that's always been a thing that helped grow the channel a bit, especially back in the day. Cause like I said, the first version of windows 10, when that came out, that's still my most viewed video on my channel. <laughs> I haven't yeah, seen no, it. <laughs> there are people, there are people who clamor for windows news. And I think, and I think it's uh, both a, a curse, a blessing and a curse for windows 11 is that it's becoming an appliance operating system, so to speak. So that like, the level of attention that people are paying towards it now is just like, does it work? Will it crash? No. Okay. Then let's move on. But windows 10 and windows eight were 
yeah, people were really excited about those kind of things because you're coming off of a high on Windows 7, uh, you know, some failures from Windows XP, things like that. People wanted to see where they're going. And now that they've kind of settled into, let's do iterative visual updates, people are kind of like, again, does it break? No, okay, I'm okay. You know, let's just move on. And they're not making I, such drastic changes. Yeah, you, you just got me really nostalgic there for Windows 7 because when that first came out and I was installing those betas and things on my Mac, you know, just, you know, it's, it runs on Intel, throw Windows on there, why not? Uh, I, I was really excited about that because, again, the visual changes. But also, as a when I was using Windows more on like a semi-regular basis, I never made the jump to Vista. I still ran XP. So I didn't really get to soak in all of the beautiful arrow design changes, which looked really pretty. So when I, when Windows 7 came out, I was hit with like a double dose of cool, new, shiny, you know, um, <laughs> What, what do they call it? Eye candy or whatever. But I thought yeah. it was so cool. So like, oh, the start menu glows when you hover over it. This is amazing. So I I, I really liked Windows 7 when it came out and I used it a lot. Yeah, no, but, you know, to, I guess to your point, though, I think it's also uh, just the fastest way for to, for people to understand the change in something without further explanation. Your, your, your site goes into tons of explanation, tons of research, which you know, I think your audience and all of us appreciate. But a visual change is something you quickly point to, like, hey, look, that's there. This glows. That's rounded. This yep. is bigger. This matches. It's just easier to kind of uh, explain and get to get to the point on. And and that that's why I don't remember if this was an official thing for Microsoft or if it was just a rumor. But there was talk about how Windows 10 was going to be quote the last version of Windows. And yep, yeah. And and I was like, how from a marketing perspective is that going to work? Because you know. Old man Jenkins over here might go, oh, it's still Windows 10. I already have that, <laughs> you know? But like, that's why I was so happy to hear like the next major one is called Windows 11. I'm like, okay, that's much more clear that it's a new version now. So I was really stoked to hear that. And I was like, yes, things well, are happening. I, I, want, I want to say that might've been a battle between the marketing teams where there was a, uh, probably a younger guy who came from like, you know, an Apple company or something like that. And was like, hey, we'll name it after something relative and that the operating system remains the same. So, like, you know, you have OS uh, 10, but it's named, you know, whatever mountain cat that they found at the time. Right, yeah. <laughs> That's where Windows wanted to go. And instead of saying, like, okay, this is Windows Sun Valley, they were like, oh, we're, we're the Microsoft company. It's Windows 11, whatever. Yeah, I, I, that's one thing I've always liked about the Windows, like, naming thing. It, it always seems like they try to do something different because, like, you have <laughs> one, one, two, three, 95, 98, and then they, yeah. they go, like, 2000 Millennium Edition. Then they got a little fancy XP, which was like the greatest release of all time. And then you got <laughs> Vista. And then yeah. and then they went back to numbers, seven, seven. eight, ten. Then eight point one. I'm like, really, guys? Yep. Uh you know, that actually reminds me. I would love to do like uh, an explainer video as to why there was no Windows 9. I think that's something that a lot of people would be curious about because I'm curious about it myself. <laughs> I know we speculate on this on this channel all the time about stuff. Yep. I, I, if I had to guess, it would be like again, it was chasing after the ten that Mike that, that that Apple already had. They had the X, which was cool, mm -hmm. but it was always ten. Like everyone who at least knew the software called it ten. They, you mm -hmm. know, people who were kind of uh, new to say X or whatever. And so Microsoft leapt to ten, uh, and and it also might have just been superstitious. You know, uh, there was a point in time where Microsoft every other operating system release was a failure, and if you're coming off of eight. You, nece you don't necessarily want to have like nine be your failure, you another failure for yourself. <laughs> it's like it's like the, when you go to like Japanese hotels and they don't have a thirteenth floor. 
Yep, that's true. Uh, I, and I think it works. It's like, you're right. That's what Apple did. You know, they went to OS 10 and that was the fancy new version. Uh, they even did it with QuickTime. They skipped mm-hmm. QuickTime 8. They skipped QuickTime 9. They went right to QuickTime 10 when they rewrote it. Same thing with their editing software, which I've been using since day one, Final Cut Pro. They skipped from 7. They skipped yeah. 8, 9. They just went right to 10. It's just a cool number. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice round one. I think they also skipped it because peop- uh, the coding might have got confused with Windows 95 9X. and yeah, yeah. and I, that's why they skipped straight to 11. I was spe- I was speculating that as to why they went from like 8 to 8.1 to 10. Uh, I haven't confirmed that, but I have heard those rumors. But yeah, if I ever do an episode about it, I'd, I'd love to research it a lot more and see. Hmm, why is there no Windows 9? Makes you curious. It's like there's something missing here. I'm sure there's a Windows 9 in a trash can somewhere that we'll Dude, we'll hear about years from now. I I that has a I, ton of great features. I see again, like I love prototype hardware and like pre-release software and things like that. I'm I hope like maybe 10 years from now we actually like see some like legit internal copy of Windows 9. Um with with another like with another cheeky wallpaper that says Shh, let's not leak our hardware. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or it'll just be like long uh, Windows Longhorn Part Two. Oh my gosh, dude! Oh, Longhorn sorry. man, I want to do like a Longhorn thing too because like that was because again going to Vista, huge interface change like graphically. I am obsessed with like the Longhorn history because there's so many different like UI tweaks through the builds because yeah. they were they were experimenting like crazy trying to make it look like how Vista looked. But right. yeah, I'm super fascinated with Longhorn's evolution. Well, that's what I got for you. Uh, I mean, I could I could stay here and chat with you all day, but I don't know if people <laughs> on the podcast would appreciate that long of a of a, of a podcast. But uh, that's all I got. I mean, unless Eric has got some other questions for you. No, that's all I got too. And now that means it's time for Ken to tell the people where they could find him and anything that he wants to promote. Yes, absolutely. You can find me. My main stomping ground is YouTube. So you can just go to youtube.com slash computer clan or just Google computer clan. You'll find it. We're there. <laughs> so yeah, youtube.com slash computer clan, new episodes every Thursday. And I'm also really active on Twitter as well. That's just at the computer clan. We couldn't get at computer clan. Someone stole that username. So we had to put a <laughs> the in there. <laughs> and um. And our website is thecomputerclan.com, but it is currently kind of clunky, but it's being completely redesigned from the ground up. So in a few weeks, that should be up and running as well. That's awesome. So, yep. And we thank you so much, Ken, for your time. And uh, I, I hope to have you again on the on the show soon. Oh, my pleasure. Whenever some other like big Windows release comes out or something, I think that'd be a perfect thing for me to join you guys on uh, if you'll have me. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. I mean, even before the Windows release, uh, because you have made, and I don't know if you still have it, you made a Duo device. I mean, when they have the supposed update for Android 12, 11, I don't know if you were going to do a walkthrough on that, but we would love to have you back kind of talking about if things that have changed that you've noticed or uh, yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like I, I currently don't have the Duo anymore, but if there's ever some other like Microsoft hardware I do get my hands on, yeah, sure. You know, the, the the newest like Microsoft branded hardware, I think, is that Surface RT from like 10 years ago right now. But, That's uh, gonna be fun. <laughs> may, maybe sometime in the future that could change. Yeah, the we'll, Neo, we'll I, I, I would have loved to do something about the Neo because oh, like me too. that canceled again, canceled projects, prototypes, that stuff is right up my alley. I know someone who has one or at least had one at one time. But heck, if I know if it works or anything, but uh, I don't know, maybe um, we could talk about some more uh, prototypey stuff like that in the future. Fingers Jeez. crossed. 
See, he's bouncing episodes off of us. <laughs> hey, I'm just, I'm just spitballing here, man. Yeah. Well, all right, Ken. Thanks so much again for joining us. Yeah, my pleasure. It was fun. Yeah, totally uh, appreciate it. And congratulations on on crossing the 360 mark or 359 mark. Oh yeah, yeah, 360. You bet. All right, Ken. Bye bye. See ya. Have a good one. You too.